0: Today's program has been brought to you by Cane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit cane5.com.
1: Hi, this is Celia Cutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: We talk about food.
1: Music with musical dudes Finger on the pulse Snacky tunes
0: Yeah, you got to get to that last. That uh, last. The The unplugging. The last glitch? Beep? Yeah. Yeah, the last glitch. Uh, that was Noel Sleep, who will be playing live in studio later today. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. We other half, uh, Darren Bresnitz. And this is uh, the Snacky Tunes. It's sort of gross out today. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's like. Uh, a little muggy. Yeah. A little humid. Not even a little. There's a whole lot of a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I need to shout out two meals I had this week that were just fantastic. Spraga. Shout out to Kevin Spraga and his team down in Philly. Amazing. And then Brooklyn Brewery was doing the, the Nord Festival, which was they brought over a bunch of people uh, from the Nordic lands. And on Thursday night, they had a dinner with the brewer, uh, the chef brewer in Stockholm and Andrew Garrison from Brooklyn. And it was insane. They had all the beers from the new Stockholm uh, Brewery. And my glass was never empty until I left. I'm and glad you can... you're still standing. Oh, I'm sitting. Okay. I'm in, I'm in full sit mode today. Uh, so uh, fall at Heritage uh, always means we get a host uh, or a bunch of new shows, a slew, of a slew, new... a myriad, if you will, a harvest, a cornucopia. Harv- oh yeah, I like harvest. A flock, a flock, a flock. <laughs> of new shows, and uh, we always like to take time to sh- spread a little love to the new the new part of the family. So Talia, welcome to Snacky Tunes.
3: Oh. I feel so warm and fuzzy. Thanks and for having me, guys.
0: Congratulations on starting a new show, Pizza Party, which. Um, very yeah. apt. Very apt. Yeah. And very <laughs> close to our hearts. Our slowly hardening hearts.
3: <laughs> <Via> <laughs> after pizza five years of yeah. pizza.
0: Um, welcome. How are you?
3: I'm good. I'm how, good. How was your and, time uh, at the Climate Arch? It was great. It was really exciting.
0: It yeah. Was- HRN is there live doing yeah. a recording and interviews on the streets, and they should be coming out. On oh, the new HRN SoundCloud. The news, SoundCloud. Yeah, so make sure to to check out the check homepage. Out. homepage. Check out the homepage. You do. They're look. saying three hundred and twelve thousand mm-hmm. right now, and that's unofficial count, which is insane. I was there earlier too, and it's just like, can we just uh, say half? We can round up to half a million. That's a big. That's a. Uh, <laughs> Come that's, on, that's, that's a big. Two hundred thousand is a big jump. What are you a non-believer and, I, well,
1: in climate, I actions? could I
0: could say like three seventy-five.
1: I'll, I'll give it three seventy-five.
0: Uh So, Talia, um, before we get to your show, how would you get? Yo, know, so we have something in common. Uh, Canadians, we're half, but oh, together we wow. go a whole, and you're a whole Canadian. I'm a yeah.
3: whole Canadian. But
0: Jeremiah, so where are you from?
4: Uh, I grew up here in uh, in New York. Okay, yeah.
0: but um, which close. Yeah, well,
4: yeah. Okay. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a few hours to yeah. Canada. It's nothing. It's, it's not um, What so t- kind
3: of Canadian are you guys?
4: Montreal. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah Montreal. Would be French Canadian. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same. To I
3: them. mean, this
0: is this is a straight up hockey tattoo of my dad. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you're um, full Canadian. It's a really, really good visual for the radio show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you grew up in Montreal. What was that like? Did you eat like Schwartz's and saint vitour or do you favor or Saint-Viateur?
3: Saint-Viateur, but neither. Uh, sorry but neither <laughs> but neither i was a real bagel family we lived like around the corner from real bagel so that was real bagels. I the I was... Ralph family you guys don't know real bagel okay. no. clearly you're half your half is showing <laughs> um, oh it's and it's like, not it. the
0: seeded half either shots, <laughs> shots fired <laughs> it's like the
3: black poppy seed twisted oh. out the oven yeah
0: yeah we were we were we were a sesame family
3: okay I'm uh, a sesame person, actually pumpernickel now. But yeah, they uh, would. Yeah. the goal is to eat them as hot as possible. Yeah. So it's just like a proximity thing. Like that right. was the closest one. Oh, so I see. Hot big... dozen? Hot dozen? A hot dozen.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> real bagel. I guess we'll have to add it to the list when we go up. Yeah, <laughs> but I've never heard. Right. Schwartz's, all that stuff?
3: Schwartz's, yes. My family was addicted to Schwartz's. Like okay. overdose when I go home. I've largely stopped eating meat, but like that's one of my few exceptions. You know, so you not...
0: I walked by um, a Benz in New York, like in thing that was like a Hebrew uh, a Jewish deli yeah. called Benz and I like there's no connection to the Benz I was in Montreal, right? No. Benz in I don't even know if they make i double check. I know that they don't make all the products. Like a lot of it's Hebrew national stuff. Yeah. But it's a it's a lot kosher uh, Jewish deli. Got it. It's been around forever. In the like the fashion district, right? Yeah. Got it. Interesting. So how did you uh, end up
3: here well, tell us from about
0: Montreal. Montreal. Tell us about some cuisine you ate growing up. I mean, was your family Quebecois?
3: No, my family is like the English minority in Montreal. Mm. Super Jewish, just straight up Eastern oh, European. Oh, the
0: tribe. <laughs> yes.
3: In the tribe, so lots of matzo ball soup, Fantastic. lots of chicken. Like, we ate out at a few places that were not at all trendy places. I mean, Moisha's, and oh, yeah. Gibby's Steakhouse. Well, I mean, like Moisha's
0: Steakhouse is like classic it,
3: it yeah so those are the two big ones also daou i don't know if you guys have ever been there on saint laurent like really good lebanese food just like kind of empty Wait, is big it, table it's not the
0: one next to schwartz's right
3: no it's like at you gotta drive it's like off the 15 oh, okay um that for whatever reason yeah. was like a big thing in my family but no my my mom and my grandma's cooked a lot and it was like a Oh, yeah. Jewish
0: mother and grandmother that cooked a lot in yeah. Montreal?
3: So typical. So I mean, typical. I don't know how far you want to talk about this. Drop, drop a
0: little. What did grandma and mom used to make?
3: Um, Well, I have yet to find. I'm actually struggling because I love Mile End. Like, I love yeah. Noah and Ray and everything they do. But their matzo ball soup doesn't do it for me. And Ooh. neither does Vaselkas And neither, like, I can't find a matzo ball soup that rivals... I just went to the Is too, it the matzo ball or, like,
0: or is it the broth?
3: Both. Like mm. the matzo balls are too oh, dense, they're not fluffy enough, they're not double. salty enough. I had to ask for salt at Milan, and they were so mad you're at me. You're in trouble. And like, I was so embarrassed. Usually, like, it's one of the, usually it's Shanda. Shanda like one or the other, say. like the
0: broth is fine, but like but if you're if you're at zero for two, you're just
3: it's both and like something uh, about the vegetables are weird. I don't know. Jackalize
0: Frida doesn't okay when they have a lot of dill. But it's a really it's it's really dense.
3: Okay. I'll put that on my list. Right now I'm very focused on pizza, like I've sort of ignored yeah. my so you know, let's, let's. Cuisine. how did you,
0: before you got how did you get into the, besides eating every day, get into food in the food world?
3: Um, I actually, when I think about it, I credit it a lot to my family. Like I always took for granted that people just sat down to like multi-course, really intense meals yeah. most nights of the week. Same. I thought that was the normal thing. So did and we. then I went away to college and I like met my Italian friends are the only, People I have met whose families go harder Do they, than my family I goes.
0: Mean, I feel like Jews in they go the town reds. <laughs> they go hard in the red. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's
3: okay. um, I just yeah. I my I grew up around cooks. Um, I actually I went to Italy as a 16 year old as like a super lucky spoiled 16 year old. My nana took me to Italy for. Um, my 16th birthday and learned how to make like homemade pasta and like, rabbit ragu and all this. I think that's what sort of tipped me to being like, wow, this yeah. is That's pretty amazing. Magic. Thanks, Nana. Yeah, yeah. Nana. <laughs> Nana. Go shout Nana. out if she's listening. She probably will listen. Yo, later. Nana. She's shout pretty out. pretty up on her food radio.
0: Uh, we have this, we have a Jewish grandmother so <laughs> live that's um, on my dad's side and she's this Hungarian master chef and it was like cholent and fried chicken and veal and then when she made fried chicken and fried veal, she would just make fried breading, like all the leftover breading would just like a fried disc of and that breading. Was obviously,
3: your favorite thing. Yeah, but we the had
0: the same thing. It was always it was always like we sit down at the dinner table, we have a salad, we have a main, we have something at the end, and we're like, oh, this is how everyone eats. And then you go out in the world, and
3: it's not. It's a it's dark not, place. It's
0: a dark, <laughs> it's a dark sort of like hillock brown sort of place <laughs> of like grab and go.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, did you desire though, growing up, that because we, we rarely. Unless we were going to, like, a Flyers game, we would ever get, like, McDonald's or something like that. Did you have the same dreams of going, like, I wish I had...
3: Um, I was lucky. I do have, like, a lingering obsession with American chain food because of this. Like, we would... Again, like you might be falling asleep because my Jewish experience is so typical. Like grandparents in Florida, so we would drive down, me and my two brothers in the back seat. My dad used to wedge a television in between the front seat with a video cassette underneath, it. So we that were is, like, no,
0: that is not typical. What <laughs> you would drive the Montreal,
3: Montreal to Florida, Florida. three days. That is, that we would
0: we would drive. Uh, Philadelphia, to Montreal. Philadelphia, Montreal, no. she's laughing
3: at you. No. <laughs>
0: Your distance is nothing. No, no, because, because I remember when we would get up, we like, like, oh like my pilgrimage. God, we got to get up at five in the morning and then we're going to be there like for dinner. That's, <laughs> the, that we're, we are nothing.
3: Yeah. 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 No, you don't know. I mean. And <laughs> Your there,
0: diaspora
3: <laughs> is yeah, you,
0: quite, quite intense.
3: We, I mean, the treks that the Ralph family would take would so, be epic. So we would stop, like yeah. those would be the big treats. Like I remember um, Cracker Barrel being really exciting. Dude. Uh, Olive Garden, I still get excited about that. I get very judged by lots of Americans They're because they trouble. think eat it's
0: now. disgusting. Yeah, eat now. <laughs> What's that new thing they have? Like a thousand dollars, all you can eat pizza? I mean, pasta. It's something. Oh gross. yeah,
3: the passes that sold out like yeah, the unlimited. All you can. So
0: gross. I crack would be barrel, in front of those. Cracker Barrel still gets a pass by some food people. Does it? They're like, I think it's because it's more considered a southern thing.
3: It's not. I, I know,
0: but it I just ate is there. Though.
3: I ate there recently. And you a on a road chair? trip. It, it was disgusting. No, it was really sad. at like childhood dreams dashed oh, all over the floor. Because I home. always thought Cracker Barrel was like it. And I went and got the chicken and dumplings and they were not no, good.
0: That's the way the cracker crumbles. Yeah. It so, crumbled. Uh, how did you move into family Jewish trips down to Florida and to the illustrious world of radio programming? Wait. No, hold on. Wait, <laughs> wait a second. What happened in between my yeah, Florida yeah. trips you, and radio? You skipped, you skipped a lot. So you, when did you leave? Where did you go to Montreal after... Um, you turned 18.
3: I did my undergrad in Boston and Emerson.
0: Oh, I was at BU. How oh, cool. What years were you there?
3: Uh, 2007
0: to 2011. Yeah, I'm way fucking older than you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Did you get it on a soccer area?
3: Yes, all the time. I lived in Central Square for okay. two years, so it's all the central spots.
0: Literally the only thing I miss about Boston. <laughs> I don't miss.
3: I've been getting a lot of hate on Boston today, and you know what? I just. I defend it. I actually miss it. I might go down uh, there next weekend.
0: Well, thanks, to all of you for swinging by. I really appreciate <laughs> it.
4: Uh, yeah, I, um, I have to just chime in to say I hate Boston, too. Yeah. You're
3: all, see, because you're all hardened New Yorkers. Like, no, I haven't lived no, here long enough no. to, to I, like harden against a good it city that's just. Before I
0: even left it. <laughs> like i graduated and i was gone within 12 hours
3: oh i left it too immediately please like drove away did you, not look back you always want to leave do you have
0: that one friend who's still there who like got a job in boston like hey guys come visit and was like
3: Ah i have two of my yeah. best friends still there they both do really cool stuff
0: so you went to emerson you,
3: went, you went ate emerson. honors
0: what'd I you stu- would you study journalism very nice
3: and then i moved to california for a year to la because i thought that would be fun and it so was you went fun. from
0: one shitty pizza town to another shitty pizza town. Yes,
3: the pizza in L.A. is shitty, but I did. Li- I lived in East L.A., so I was near Two Boots, and I was near a great place called Massa, which did like a Chicago deep dish esque. I don't know if you guys are oh, you mean it. a souffle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck you, Chicago pizza!
3: <laughs> I need to have a Chicago pizza episode because that's another thing people have been throwing very strong opinions could, could, at me about. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's
0: like if you should, want a pie. And then throw tomato sauce and cheese on it. We could do that. But don't call it pizza.
4: Hey, yeah, it's, it's not pizza. It's not it's, pizza. It's, yeah. it's good it's when good. it's done right, but it's not pizza. Oh, yeah. when I'm
0: in the mood for whatever you want, what that is, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. A but, quiche. A quiche? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me get a Chicago quiche. Yeah. Um, wait, you know, I totally skipped over it. What was Montreal pizza like? Because we had... Where was it? Was it in Vancouver? Like, 99 cent pizza was really big like 10 years ago before it even made it out was here. Was it good? Um, I don't know. We were twenty, so yes. <laughs> so no, it was. It tastes was- like cardboard. Yeah, yeah. It tastes absolutely like. Cardboard. But Montreal pizza.
3: Um, Montreal pizza. We have a few really good spots. My dad has actually been like nonstop, being like, "You have to come to Pendeli's." Pendelli's was where we would always order from on Queen Mary Road. Um, sorry, Code Saint Luke Road. Oh my God, my Montreal geography. But they would do these giant dough balls in the middle of the pizza, and they Whoa. would like kind of put it on before it was finished so you'd get this like the dough balls were really like hot property in my family and I had two brothers and we looked for any excuse to fight about anything so we would fight over these it was just like they'd roll a little bit of dough and like put it in the middle I love it so my dad would get extra ones so that fight ended I mean is that
0: different than a garlic knot
3: Yes, it's just the dough. Did
4: it's they was, were they using it instead of like the little plastic thing that like
3: I think so. Oh, awesome. oh my I think so. God. Oh, that's exactly.
4: ingenious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because really, it would touch
3: it, the top of the box. I
0: like it. <laughs> hey. I like it. You're reading yeah. between the lines. Yeah, here. no, it's like an it's environmentally friendly. Yeah. I never question what it Oh, go. Go. oh my god. <laughs> my, uh, yeah. I have to sit down even more.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, imagine if you down. could eat those little white tables. That that's how she grew up. You're talking about her childhood. I
0: I heard a rumor that the a woman created those little pizza table things and she patented and gets a penny per... No way. I, look. <laughs> hey. Darren. Listen, I don't, I don't use the internet. So, get on
4: snoops.com uh, and yeah. check that out. All right. <laughs> anyway,
0: so she's really... She's doing all right.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, better uh, than a lot what, of us. So listen. wait,
0: so you were in California and then the siren called pizza...
3: Well, there was a, a year in Montreal, which was not by choice because immigration laws are weird. That's uh, another yeah. thing you probably don't want to talk about. No. Um, but yeah, so, so that's.
0: To Montreal Canadian uh, <laughs> versus American immigration law relationships.
3: Yeah. You know, I would love a show on that. But um, yeah, so moved back to Montreal, did a lot of like traveling and bouncing around, and then decided that maybe I wanted to go to grad school. So I'm actually here studying food systems at nyu that's my day job and my thursday afternoon job is pizza party
0: all right well we're going to take a break and we're going to end pizza party and then all the writing that you do for munchies and hrn as well and maybe some other we'll talk about some other like Montreal insights that maybe we don't know about okay. quick question if you were to have a sham uh, green card marriage what type of pizza would you serve
3: (laughs) oh my god um definitely roberta's have them like pull up the truck do the oven um i have been super super into the tasty flavor which is a kind of controversial choice because there's no cheese on it but i like like capers olives like anchovies like all of those really pickled salty things people don't like because fuck it it's my Sham. It's your... Green card wedding. So let's talk
0: about the program you're in for grad school.
3: Sure. Tell us about it. Um, Food Studies is the oldest such program in the country. It's been around for a whole 20 years. Um, And it's really interesting because people tend to think when you say you study food that you're either in culinary school or Mm -hmm. nutrition. Mm -hmm. And it's like everything except for those two things. Sure. Like we do have a cooking class. We do have a required nutrition class. But it's very much like the issues and social implications of every aspect of food it's super interdisciplinary so we have a professor from literally almost every big academic discipline I mean it's a pretty small program but we have an economist we have a sociologist we have a political scientist and they're all looking at food from these different perspectives
0: so today's march was like very apt for for what you're into super apt, yeah. Super
3: apt. and yeah someone in our program like I'm thinking about it a lot we just had all the new students come in and had a panel of people that were sort of like explaining what it's like to be in the program because people are come into it from such different angles. We have a lot of chefs. We have lawyers. We have people that worked in like food science. um, And she was saying that you kind of have to be like an advocate. You have to explain to people what it is and you have to be an advocate for it because it's still this new thing that academically and socially people don't think is important. And it's so important. Mm. You sort of have to like... Force people, and it was great that they carved out a section in the march for food justice and recognized the fact that like that's a huge part of climate change.
0: Yeah, I think that when some people walked by the climate change, when they saw like voting, like migrant workers and fast food, like fair wages, that people probably went, huh? But like don't maybe it's like not as connected, but it's like very, very much part of the overall issue with climate. And uh, you know, if those get solved, you know, it can fix a number of things, or at least bring a fair monetary system to areas that are not discussed
3: Mm -hmm. yeah and even food studies as a you know academic space and just you know the idea of sustainability and like what good food is that is new and people are still sort of like wrapping their minds around things like the minimum wage as being a part of that but
0: yeah i mean uh, because yeah they get paid better they can eat better put their money towards things stop the cycle um where do from your program where do people generally end up getting jobs
3: Um, that's a great question. A lot of people I'm on the system side, so it splits into like systems and culture. A lot of the systems people end up doing policy work or nonprofit. I mean, we have such an amazing network of organizations here in New York. Like I have lived in a few cities as you guys can gather and like, never have I been somewhere that there's so much action going on around food. I mean, Montreal has like some great meals on wheels and food banks. Obviously we have farmer's markets, but it's like insane here. So actually one of the, people in our program is the new director of just food jasmine nielsen which is pretty cool um we have some people that go on to like law school um a lot of people end up in media (laughs) (laughs) writing about food talking about food um restaurants sort of like management a lot of entrepreneurs actually like a lot of people starting businesses i don't know if you guys have had donna chai there's a girl in our program that like started making local brooklyn chai which like you hear about you know fair trade tea and Local coffee spots and like there's this whole great coffee culture, but like there's no local chai. And she is not like the local Brooklyn chai Chai girl. And she's all over the place. That was her senior thesis, and she's selling at like Smorgasburg and all of these cafes, and it's legit. So So what
0: what aspect drew you to the program?
3: Um, I am a journalist, and so my problem, my greatest weakness and greatest strength is that I think almost everything is interesting. And I really loved that you could get a little taste but a bunch ha huh. ha! Huh. Huh. thanks guys a little borscht belt <laughs> coming at you. yeah just like how um why, you know broad the program was
0: uh speaking of being a journalist let's talk about your radio show
3: sure what do you want to know
0: tell us about how you fell in love with pizza and why you felt the merit i mean okay we all know it merits at least half an hour a week
3: yes thank so, you but
0: why did you feel that you were the the voice of our generation to bring it to us and and when, is, when, do you remember your first slice of pizza?
3: My first ever slice of pizza or my first New York slice of pizza? Different question. F- first
0: ever slice of pizza.
3: Um, it was probably at a birthday party at like a bowling alley in Montreal. And it came on a paper plate. It might have even been square, actually, like one of those big party square slices. Obviously no toppings. Um, but I can't pinpoint an exact slice, which is sad. Right. I should lie.
0: No, it's fine. Um, when did you? When was the first pizza pizza you had? Where you're like, "I love you," I love you, pizza.
3: Um, not to be a suck up, but it probably was Roberta's.
0: Oh, total suck up.
3: Womp. I am kind of a suck up oh by nature. <laughs> no, I mean, like I had never. I just always thought of pizza as like food you buy to feed a lot of people very quickly and easily and cheaply. Oh, I had never. That's one of the
0: things you can love about it.
3: Right, but it's not. You know. It's not that special, oh my God, I'm obsessed with you moment. And I think Roberta's, I mean, I moved here, I came here like two weeks after I moved and I was like, this, these people are doing something. This is something
0: special? Yes. This is something a little bit different. When was that?
3: Uh, That was last fall.
0: Mm. I mean, there's no don't. Donuts.
3: There's no or, donuts on them. Yeah, but I can't fault them for that. No, it's like not everybody can be doing that kind of thing. No,
0: but maybe maybe through your initiatives and your your hard work petitions. Yes, I'm sure you're. I definitely about a want a political
3: aspect to pizza party, yeah. and so we will start. I expect petitions. to see the
0: the donut protest of 2015 coming to Roberta's front doorstep. It is a very important issue that is facing our. I expect you guys to people sign people. it. Yeah, I expect absolutely. To be the first signatures. Yeah. So then take us through the journey of that first bite of pizza, where you went, "Oh shit, this is." not just pizza but pizza with a capital P to starting your radio show.
3: Um, you know, I really love talking about things that people overlook but that I think are actually really important and significant and I think that pizza is one of those things that's actually coming from like a theory that's been building in my classes where like it's all very fascinating but I haven't found like a firm thing to like lay all this academic and like sort of heady theory on like feminism and class and like city spaces and pizza is my like i think pizza is strong enough to like stand the burden of being this really interesting give
0: me the the pizza feminism argument
3: okay well you guys right i i don't want to like spoil too much because i'm gonna have
0: no a show tease the episode i'm having
3: an episode about pizza feminism but there was a great article in the hairpin last week about snack wave did you guys see this
0: no nope
3: Um, it's basically an argument that online, like, in pop internet culture, which is now a thing that we just deal with, there's a very strong trend of women, specifically, and teenage girls being, like, really down with snack food, like, really about, like, you know, like, love dies, pizzas forever, like, I'm sad, but at least I have Oreos, like, this very strong undercurrent, and it's kind of a, a joke, obviously, and it's a certain kind of, like, internet personality, but it also points to this sort of like rejection of what women are supposed to like to eat and how we're supposed to eat totally got it. and pizza is like sort of at the epicenter of that is like, I'm going to have a whole pizza to myself. Fuck you guys. Like, don't tell me how to eat. Don't tell me what to do. Um, and I think that that's a really fascinating part of it. I think there's a lot in terms of like, Oh my God. What are you looking I'm at? looking
0: it up. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay, just for those who you should go look up. The image is a, uh, a Mac laptop half closed because it is stuffed full of pizza <laughs> yes. on top of magazine.
3: There's many great images of you. Oh my
0: through. God. <laughs> 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 um, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that is definitely. Good. So I, mean, I guess it's. I, I guess it's. It's a little. I get. I get that. What that is, but it's just. I think being around women and working in food and things like that. Most of the women I know eat as much as they want, whatever they want.
3: That's an interesting theory. I mean, I can neither confirm or deny. I know that I, I try and eat whatever I want, but I still do have. And I'm like just coming off reading some stuff for my gender and food classes. It's very much in my mind. Like there's still this kind of battle that women have in their heads about, you know, should I eat this? Am I taking care of myself? How am I, you know, being perceived? I think men do it too. I think with women, it's just more talked about, and we're a little bit more overt about the fact that we do it.
0: I struggle every time I, I they say salad or French fries. To this day. <laughs> yes. It's a real moral choice for me. But every th- time they go sa- salad or French fries, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm saying am about The answer is French myself. fries. I like Unless I had French fries earlier in the day, the answer is always French fries.
3: It's a very yeah, masculine that, gendered thing of you to say.
0: Yeah. Wow. How is that a masculine... <laughs> yeah. We, really? We, we, don't, we don't have enough time to really get into it, but yeah, Greg.
3: Yeah. Sorry, Greg. I worked at Food52 this summer and we would... I mean, people at Food52 know how to cook plain and simple amazing food they would order Suprema for our company meeting sometimes because it's just that good any slice you have there they have this
0: uh, sweet and savory tomato jam recipe that's bonkers
3: Um, all right well thank
0: you so much you can hang around you got those two slices are yours by the way
3: oh okay Um, go for them so we got Nolce
0: coming up live That eight-minute epic Nancy Wang track is also also awesome. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah, welcome to to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Um, tell us uh, when well, we know you're from New York, but tell us where No Sleep began.
4: Where where No Sleep began? Yeah. Um, I guess it was uh, when I was I was in I did my undergrad at Columbia and. Uh, freshman year, uh, there is when I, uh, started writing music. Um, I've been interested in electronic music for a long time. Uh, but that was when I, that was when I started and it was actually a direct result of having access, uh, for the first time in my life to high speed internet and being able to download pirated software, um, to make that music. Um, and actually, the name Null Sleep was uh, not originally like an artist name that I came up with. It was actually like the name that I used on IRC and when trading files uh, with other people online. Um, and then I just sort of, it became the name that I used as my online presence. And when I started releasing music, it just sort of carried over to that.
0: Did you know how to write music before you had the software?
4: Uh, no, I the only the only musical training I had had up to that point was I I took like a few weeks of cello lessons when I was like in elementary school. Oh, the
0: classic, like, let's try this out. You're like, fuck this. Yeah, it was yeah.
4: it was actually. Um, I don't know if any of you remember this movie called Electric Dreams, but it was a movie from the '80s uh, about like a guy. Who uh, a guy who buys like a computer and the computer has like an built-in AI and then the <laughs> computer and the guy uh, the computer and the guy both fall in love with the same woman who lives next door, um, and it's basically a, like a love triangle between the guy, the girl, and his computer. What year is this? It's some early eighties, I okay. think. Um, and the soundtrack uh, was amazing. It was like a bunch of electronic music: Giorgio Moroder, Human League. Wow! It's um, like one of those
0: movies where like it tapped into this weird subculture. Yeah, at the time. it was.
4: And the, and the actual actual movie, the look of the whole movie is amazing because it looks like an Apple commercial from that time. There's like lots of shots that look very much like '80s like Apple branding. Amazing. Um, but that was uh that actually was the reason why I took cello lessons because there's a scene in the movie where like there's this amazing like duet between the computer that's writing this like crazy bleepy stuff and then the woman who's playing a cello and it was I forget what piece it was, but it was it just sounded amazing, and I ended up taking cello lessons because of it uh when really i i mis <laughs> i misdirected myself <laughs> right. and i was oh, yeah. I was supposed to make music that sounded like the computer and that's what i'm doing now oh
0: that's a uh, that's pretty good that's like uh that's like how uh the way like hackers affect a lot of people like who had never heard of like right. techno and they got he- the hackers and they like well i'm gonna dive into each track on the soundtrack yeah very much so i think yours is a, a bit of a deeper reference. deeper dive yeah. deeper deeper dive oh, who was in the movie
4: uh I actually don't, no one, no one, no like big names. Like there were, I think the woman has been in some other things, but the lead, the male lead, I don't even remember from anything else.
0: Uh, has that, the music for the movie inspired your music?
4: Yeah. I mean, in some ways there like, Giorgio Moroder is, uh, has been an influence ever since, just like the sort of Italo disco sound and, uh, like heavy sort of synthesizer based music production. Um, and uh and yeah it's same with same with human league um but yeah it's i mean i've gone through a lot of different phases since i started writing music so it it's different things at different times how would you uh define your the current phase you're in i i don't know it's a good question um <laughs> probably uh I don't yeah, I can't even put it I can't put a label on it's that's like one of the hardest things I think you can ask a musician is like to label their own work Should we own just, work. should we just hear one? Let's yeah, hear one. Yeah. Okay. Let's do let's it. Do
0: it. Um do you have a name for this or is it just
4: No, these all the tracks that I'm uh I'm gonna play today are uh basically like brand new. Um so I don't even have titles for them that they new, haven't new? been recorded. Yeah. Oh that new new, not that old old yeah yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Uh cool. All right. Well um this is uh what was it called track one live on Snacky Tunes? we That makes me like want to go back to Montreal and stay out till the sun comes up in the winter. Uh, type vibes. Taya.
3: I don't know. I'm having like a spiritual experience sitting here watching people eat at Roberta's, listening to that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, s- we'll give you a second to sit back. Yeah, just prep in the next one. Yeah. Okay, we got time. It's internet radio. It's a little bit loose here. <laughs> All okay. It's A little loose world. on a Sunday. Careful there. Um, well, that was great. Thank you. We're, um, besides, you know, um, early 80s um, AI movies, <laughs> where else do you draw your inspiration? I really, I really, before you answer that, I really yeah. hope you say nowhere. I wish that was, like, your <laughs> one source. It's like, that's it.
4: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it's, that's definitely a, a big influence. Um, just, like, I mean... The whole, the whole period of, like, technology during the 80s, the sort of emergence of the Internet, um, the the vision of, like, where that would lead at that... Like, the, the sort of extrapolation of what the future would be like based on, like, what was happening in the 80s is an interesting, like, sort of inspirational material to draw from. Um, but, I mean, also uh, constantly influenced by, like, contemporary things going on and, like, there's a lot of inspiration because the world is just so fucked right now. Um, So it's like, we're, we basically are in like the dystopian future. We're in like a a very interesting conglomeration of like a lot of the dystopian futures that were like um, shown to us in sci-fi when we were growing up. But like we all, but they're also like, it's, it's more complicated because we've kind of opted into those dystopian futures and Mm -hmm. like we've gotten benefits out of, out of some of these pieces of technology that are, um, that are also like I don't know, I, they're they're kind of like I, I mean, they're kind of insidious in a way because like we we do carry around cell phones everywhere we go and they I, I I'll speak personally they have hurt my memory for sure um, and they I feel very dependent on them because I feel like it's almost like a prosthetic that I need to get around and do things now. Uh, because I just have grown so accustomed to using it and then if you want to go further down it's like there are also surveillance devices that like you know based on like the stuff that's come out um, recently thanks to Snowden like we're carrying around surveillance devices like willingly at all times
0: yeah uh, I w- always wondered that if like because of the way that sci-fi was written our, our mom was an avid sci-fi reader that mm-hmm. like they prepped us to go into this where no. it's like, like that self-fulfilling prophecy Like, oh had, my god had, how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go yeah. right now? <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I'm serious like had they not written about they're like oh my god it all came true and you're like well who do you think the scientists were reading when they were young right. and impressionable and like then they made it, it's like there's a, there's a lot of connections for the things that were like created based on what was written about and I think that had other things been written about that's what it would have come true.
4: Yeah. Although just, just a point off of that, uh, real quickly, uh, William Gibson, um, who, you know, is sort of coined the, the word cyberspace mm-hmm. and, uh, one of the most prominent, like cyberpunk sci-fi authors, uh, he was asked like what he's like, put, cause he gets a lot of credit for like sort of being very prescient about like, uh, seeing the, the internet and like the power of the network coming writing about that but uh he was asked like what what did you miss when you were writing those novels and uh he's always like very embarrassed about it he's like there are no cell phones in any of those books like oh he's like (laughs) i totally missed it it's like and it's the probably the thing that has had the biggest impact on is there no
0: way like that people i guess maybe uh, like that they um converse with each other or just kind of Chatted with each other, or was it just kind? I of... I think insane? it was
4: all through like computer. It's like through their right. decks, like you know, right. they're like cyber decks, or yeah.
0: That's okay. He called a lot.
4: Yeah, he you did. Can miss yeah, one. He and and he's still he's still writing great material that's like interesting because it's it's based in the the current moment, uh, but it still feels like sci-fi because so many things in our world are like the sci-fi we read mm. when we were growing up. Now,
0: yeah. Um. Well, I think the best way to kind of Run the show out is to let you kind of just get in there and not just give it. you a time sure. limit, but bef- so we're gonna close it out uh, a little atypical to form, but um, where yeah. Can but I, well, I, I'd rather you just do your go thing. deep, then break it up into two yeah. parts. Does that okay. work? Yeah. But yeah. Um, so where can people find you? Where can people? Where are you playing? Music? Where are you playing next?
4: Uh, I don't have anything booked right now. I'm focused at the moment. I'm like trying to write a lot of new material. Um, that new new. That new new material. <laughs> Wait, and, not that uh, old old. Yeah, no, that new new. Wait. and uh, and try and basically like taking bookings as they come in. Um, but uh, you can find me on uh, SoundCloud, Null Sleep, uh, Null Sleep on Twitter, um, Null Sleep with ones instead of L's on Instagram. Whoever that uh, asshole Null Sleep yeah. is, yeah, uh, doesn't who, even post. Who is he? Doesn't, and who knows? Yeah. And uh, nullsleep dot com is my website um
0: can i ask when you're your writing session in that type like what's your sustenance what's fueling you for like food and drinks and things like that
4: uh when i'm like working I yeah guess if, uh basically like whatever is the fastest thing that i can eat mm. and get back to work space so food pizza pizza is <laughs> yeah. quite yes. full quite circle often the answer full circle yeah. like a
0: pizza pie my yeah. friends wow
2: yeah.
4: Um, yeah, pizza happens often. Uh, Real al- brain food, right there. <laughs> I also have, uh, in terms of like snacks, snack wave. Um, mm. I do have a, I constantly have a bag of warheads uh, candies in my in my oh. studio. Okay. I love sour sour candies, and so there are always warheads on hand. I did not see that coming. <laughs>
3: I like that. That is
0: a good answer. That is a, I
3: respect that. The yeah. bring
0: the, we need to bring the heat, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's respected. Um, well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming by, Talia. Yeah. Welcome again to the family. Thank you. Uh, I can't wait to hear more of your program, especially how I can be educated on my pro snacking choices.
3: I'll have you guys in. We can uh, talk.
0: Oh, that'd be me. I'm definitely happy to not be cutting out of work to come on your show. Yeah. Doctor's appointment. Perfect. Or meeting of Pizza doctor. Uptown uh we will be back with another episode of snacky tunes next week uh please make sure to check out the snacky tunes volume 5 live comp on the heritage radio network and uh, if you haven't SoundCloud. yet become a donor to heritage radio network please 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 become a donor especially for the holiday season um keeps nice the lights on gift. keeps the pizza coming it's a great gift um all right no sleep uh take us out take us out